Welcome to episode five of The Valley Variety with your normal hosts. I am Jacob Jones. And Ben Yates. We're going to start off ASU basketball getting ready to host the Oregon Ducks. Little Pac-12 foe Thursday night at Desert Financial Arena. Seven o'clock, so get out there and support the Devils. And then Oregon State, the Beavers, come to town on Saturday to play the Devils at seven o'clock. The Oregon schools finally come to town to Tempe. Should be a fun matchup and hopefully... Just like the games we had saw, we've seen the past few weekends. Hopefully, ASU can come out with at least one, if not both, victories against the Oregon schools. Two fair matchups. We've beat Oregon before at home and Oregon State. Uh, I forgot how well that went. Right, that uh, a... not as well as the Oregon one, yeah. unfortunately. That's it was a close Oregon game. Corvallis, too, yes. So. I mean, ASU did. You know, we got to give a lot of credit to the Devils when we think about playing Oregon. Oregon's been really off this year. You know, yeah. Oregon has not been. You know, they're not nationally ranked. At least not yet. And they started nationally ranked. They did. At 19. You know, yeah. And so ASU did beat them at in Eugene, which, you know, win or lose, whether or not you Oregon is, you know, top pack, doesn't matter. You know, winning in Eugene it's a, at it's Matthew a Knight Arena. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. It's a huge I mean, Oregon right now sitting at seventeen and eight. So just in the cups of the top twenty five rankings and they're second in the Pac twelve conference. So Oregon's no mm. pushover. But, right. you know, that beginning slide of losing three non-conference games really hurts them. But they are 10-4 and four in conference, tied with USC, who is 17th ranked in the country, and just about two and a half games out of the Arizona Wildcats. So it's going to be a real test to see if the Devils can really hold on and beat a really solid team in Oregon. I mean, this is going to be a tough matchup. So I am looking forward to seeing what the Devils can do in terms of keeping with Oregon, kind of the way we did with UCLA. You know, how long can you hold on and, you know, can you tire out Oregon? Can you can you make them work? Can you push them around? Can you at least get these guys tired out? So by the second half, you you have a shot to really run away with the game, like they did in the like they did in overtime against UCLA. So we'll see what happens there, and hopefully ASU can give it a win. Hopefully a lot of students come out again. It's seven o'clock. No one has class on Friday. Come mm-hmm. on out, support the Devils. Why exactly. not? And what you said about UCLA, how we played that game, yeah. is going to be very similar to Oregon because they also beat UCLA when they yes. were ranked number three. Yeah. So both teams have that in common, that they're able to beat a top five, or really this is a top 15 UCLA, yeah. uh, top 15 team in the league. Mm-hmm. So if they're both capable of doing that, this could be a back-and-forth battle yeah. all day long. And I think it all comes down to the question, we've talked about it before, it all comes down to one player, really. Yeah. DJ Horn. What happens? Does he come out? Does he have a game? Or is it going to be the DJ Horn we've seen the past few games? Puts up a shot, maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. But they're not running transition plays. And mm-hmm. that's what kills me. You know, at least, you know, AC really hasn't run any plays this year. I haven't really seen a solid offensive game plan from ASU. Right. But, you know, that's, and I guess that's really the problem, is that ASU doesn't have, we've talked about it before, never has a set game plan. It's, well, we have DJ, we have Jalen, and we have Kamani. Let's make something work. Right. DJ Horn has this effect that I call the Chris Middleton effect. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, if you don't know, Chris Middleton in the NBA, uh, there were jokes back and forth that he's either playing like prime Michael Jordan or Kyle Kuzma. And <laughs> Kyle yeah, Kuzma was not, was not that great right. back then, and it was the uh, metaphor of the bottom tier <laughs> NBA yeah. uh, talent. So Chris Middleton would go back and forth and would basically win or lose the game for the Bucks. Right. Uh, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, it was Chris Middleton's decision to be prime Michael Jordan or Kyle Kuzma. This is the same for DJ Horn. If he comes out and 
hits efficient shots, passes the ball more than he ever has, right. this team will win the game. Yeah. But if he goes back to his old habits from last week and the week before that, yeah. this is not a close battle. Oregon will win the game. Right. And it's not all, obviously, on DJ Horn, but DJ Horn being the point guard, you ha- you run the offense. You are the Chris Paul of the ASU Sun Devils. Right. And if Chris Paul falters, the team falters. And, you know, even, even on a bad Chris Paul day, at least has 15, 20 assists. Chris Paul can score eight points but have 15, 20 assists. Right. That's the one thing I'm not seeing from DJ Horn. He'll have eight points and two assists. He just doesn't pass just, the ball He much. just needs to, I think, what the Devils need to do, not only facilitate, get your guys involved. We have some big boys. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Jalen. We have Kamani. We have Alonzo. So these guys can play, and these guys have size. And speaking of size, AC is going to need to do something really drastic they haven't done all year. Right. you got to get the boards. This has been ridiculous. Even against UCLA, the game we won, uh, we could not get the boards. It killed us against U of A. We had students in front of us like literally slamming the chairs. Yeah, we because, might have had some property damage that night. Oh, we might have. You know, <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, gosh, if we rushed the floor. Yeah, geez. you'd be paying double the fines. Yeah, I would. But, I mean, thank goodness that U of A did win because man, I I only have so much. Thank but, goodness U of A did win. That came from an ASU fan. I know. I only have so. I only have so much. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, I just remember, like, it's, it just becomes frustrating at some point. It's like watching the Suns in the mid-2010s. Oh, yeah. It's like, gosh, what is happening? Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. Goran Dragic, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I could go on forever. Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic. Jeff Hornacek. That was our head coach for a long time. Until Earl Watson took over. That's another story. But ASU needs to learn how to offensive get their boards. And that's what teams are really looking at when you play ASU. All right, you know, you don't have to take the greatest shot, you know, but at least put it in a position that, you know, give your give your big man a chance to get it. Because you know ASU can't uh, get the rebound efficiently. And when they do, it usually gets out. They have to fight for it. They have to scrap, which is what rebounding is all about. But that's kind of like goes back to ASU, you know, isn't giving me enough heart. Maybe that's on Bobby. Maybe, maybe that's on the assistant coach. Maybe that's on the players themselves. Right. But, man, that shows a lack of, not only lack of dif- discipline, but a lack of just of just basketball IQ, you, you know, getting the rebound, you know, getting it taken away from your hands when you're, it's in your arms. And the, and the guy goes and then dunks it on you, you know, gives a little, gives a little head pat. Right. And we've had those moments where we're, you know, pretty good against yeah. them. We've done the head patting against them. Yeah. We shot very nice shots uh, as well. Mm. But, again, it is DJ Horn that determines the success of this team. Yeah. Bobby Hurley also does. Yeah. We talked about that in our first episode. Is Bobby Hurley cut out to be an NCAA coach anymore? Yeah. Uh, maybe not with this team. Right. Uh, speaking back to IQ, uh, a lack thereof, Jacob has very uh, high IQ when it comes to ASU sports. That's right. So that's why we're going back to our episode two segment we did called the Jones Minute. Absolutely. Uh, he is a professional in ASU sports. Uh, we like to get his mind racing, but not in over a minute. He only has a minute. <laughs> only got a minute. Okay. Uh, that and I have a timer set, and I will cut him off when I feel like it or when the timer runs out, whatever comes first. And, Jacob, I'm going to count you down on your Jones Minute Part 2. And uh, so here we go. Three. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jones One. Minute. Let's get ready to rumble! Let's do this thing. 
Men Hoops is getting ready to host the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers on Thursday and Saturday at the Desert Financial Arena. Come out and support the Devils. Download those tickets. I know where you can get them. Emily Glagolive is leading the Sun Devil Women's Lacrosse team as they're getting ready to take on top 10 opponents at the ASU Tennis Stadium just outside of the new multipurpose arena. Speaking of that new multipurpose arena, the Arizona Coyotes have a new home. ASU and the Coyotes have come to a new deal that will at least help the Coyotes out for the next three years as they will play at the Tempe campus for at least the foreseeable future until they get a new arena built. Sunday Women's Basketball will not play the Cow Bears. After all, their game has been officially canceled, unfortunately. And ASU Baseball heads back to Muni this weekend. Dixie State comes to town this Friday for a three-game series, goes until Sunday. Baseball is back, at least college baseball, that is. So get out there to Phoenix Muni, download some tickets, and enjoy some Sunday Baseball. It's a new era. Willie Bloomquist is taking over. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the Jones Minute. Absolutely incredible. He still had it. There it is again. There oh, it is yeah. again. That, that cantina, cantina band. band. Let's yeah. go. He is absolutely incredible. He still gets it with two seconds to spare. There you go. But one thing I want to go back before we get into our next segment is uh, momentum. How does ASU win ball games? Momentum. Yeah. That's the one thing we saw against U of A. You know, we went up sixteen to three. Because the number three team in the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, we hit threes. We were making shots. We were, the student section was shaking, literally shaking. Oh yeah. Up I and couldn't. Down. I couldn't feel my my legs. <laughs> this happened. I was looking at the, the scoreboard. Like this isn't happening. We're not. I, that was maybe the best start ASU basketball has ever had in their history. It's the most hype I've ever been about basketball in yeah. a while. It's just, you know, and so I think to keep that momentum, one, getting the crowd into it. Mm-hmm. Crowd fill, builds off momentum, and then team fill, builds off crowd. It's just how it works. Right. And so we'll see how that that goes, and we'll see if ASU can keep momentum. And just stop these runs. I mean, U of A went on like a 20-4 to four run. <laughs> Took a four-point lead going to the half, and then it was over by the 18-minute mark. Yeah. It wasn't even close at the end. It just it just became fr- you know a bunch of, you know they started the U of A chants at Desert Financial Arena. It was literally mm-hmm. echoing off the walls. It was so loud. There's so many U of A fans in there. Right. Stealing them away, and then students were trying to make ASU chants, but it's hard when your team's down 21 points. Right. You can't carry the hype when the team won't do it for you. It's like, just so. Obviously, how that goes, especially against a really good Oregon team, and the Oregon State who's been mm-hmm. a really scrappy team. You know, I know the record doesn't really show it. You know, but, you know, they're going to go and fight. You know, they want to play spoilers against a team that, you know, two really, I don't want to say uncompetitive teams, but teams that are really fighting more for pride and seeding in the Pac-12 tournament than anything right now. And so we'll see what ASU can show down the stretch now. You know, we're heading, we're getting close to March, only two and a half weeks till the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah. How much fight does ASU have? How much do they left, have left in the tank, you know? Um, they have to win the Pac-12 tournament and... They have fierce competition ahead of them with Arizona number three. Right. UCLA is still in the top 15, and USC right outside of the 15. But, yes, we I mean, seen. on top of that, even if they get into the tournament, there's so many teams this year that have yeah. been number one in, or top five. And, you know, that really kind of begs the question, what's ASU's goal? I don't, is ASU's goal even to make the tournament? I mean, I don't even know. It's like, you know, may just play for, I think right now it's for pride. Bob Hurley's trying to at least do enough to keep his job. Yeah, and so I think that's what a lot of it's about right now. You know how how much can you how much can we do for Bobby to make sure he's here for 2022, 2023? Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, you look at, I mean, teams like Kentucky aren't playing for pride; they're playing for. I mean, maybe it didn't show it last night against no. Tennessee, but uh, and that was like the, our worst game. This I'm sorry I say our because I associate myself with them yes. so much. Yeah. Uh, but that was Kentucky's worst game of the season. 
ironically, their best game was also against Tennessee, yeah. like shoving 30 points down their throats uh, <laughs> earlier this season. Yeah. Uh, but the, Kentucky's not the only, you know, one seed that could be out there in the tournament. You still have Gonzaga, Arizona, and Auburn, who's another SEC school, should be one of the only times in NCAA history that Kentucky's not the only SEC that's a one seed. Right. So, that's crazy. Man, that's going to be a fun. Oh, I mean, we're already planning out our weekend at Taylor Place. Domino's, oh, yeah. Wings, and Pizza, and all three TVs. You know, oh, us, my God, yeah. Us and me, two Bens, and the three March Madness games. It's going to be yep. It's gonna be interesting, you know, and that'll just, you know, I can't wait for the end of this, you know, the end of this year, and whether or not ASU makes it, it's gonna be a, a real question of who can cut it at the end of the day. You know, will, will it be the SEC? Will it be the ACC? Will it be Kansas? Will it be Kentucky? Will it be Gonzaga? Will it be U of A, who has right. been a real, you know, not a shocker this year, but now almost now becoming a blue blood again. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a lot of people's favorites to go to the Final Four. I mean, they're a solid ball club. And that's the thing about it's tough to say it's a Sun Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, but that is the thing about this year's uh, tournament that'll be coming up. Even the top ten teams, every single one of them has a shot at making the championship run. Villanova is number ten. Duke is number nine. Mm-hmm. Providence is a number eight, which I haven't seen them play, so I can't really fairly judge that. Right. Baylor, the defending champs, is number seven. So yeah. anyone can win this. Good. Yeah. Gonzaga is still unfairly number one. I have very, <laughs> hot, right. I have a hot take on Gonzaga. Um, oh boy! And uh, yeah, so easy <laughs> conference does not get you number one. There I'm sorry, St. Mary's College. You're also in the same boat, number twenty-two. Uh, you're in the same conference as Gonzaga. Of course, you're gonna win some of the games. <laughs> Mike drop. Yeah. And he just Ben has no I chill mean, today. Kentucky's in a conference that's really tough. Arizona's in a conference that's really tough. They're yep. three and four. Like what's going on? Right. They're both gonna be one seeds, and Gonzaga's gonna be ahead of them because they have easier schedules. Yeah. While we're at it, might as well go over the top ten college basketball rankings. The number one Gonzaga Bulldogs, number two Auburn Tigers, number three the Arizona Wildcats, number four. Even though they lost not last lost last night, we'll see where it goes from there. Is the Kentucky Wildcats. Number five is Purdue. Number six, KU, Kansas. Uh, number seven is Baylor. Number eight, Providence. Number nine, Duke. And number 10, Villanova. And then heating up the uh, top 25 in the Pac-12, number 13, UCLA. Number 17, USC. And then right smack dab in the middle, the team who blip, the, who beat Kentucky. Blew him out yesterday. Is the Tennessee Volunteers. Peyton Manning's old stopping the grounds. So we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll really see where it goes from here. And, uh, and you know, obviously it's going to be a fun march. It'd be entertaining, yeah. but then also kind of see like where these teams go down the stretch. I mean, this is going to be a, you know, because now it's coming down to seeding. Now it's mm-hmm. well, who do you want to? You can't predict the whole thing right now, but man, who do you want to? Who do you want to play on your way to the championship? Do you, or is it just like, well, here we are? You know, well, it feels kind of obvious who my pick is for championship, but what's yours? Like, who's your number one? My number one. Who's pick? going all the way? You know, it's easy to. I think it's easy to say. I like what I see from Kentucky. I really do. I like that. I like the depth. I like the depth <laughs> that Kentucky has. It's I kind of see them like the Suns. I'm like, mm-hmm. obviously the tournament is not a four game series, right? But you know who's going to beat Kentucky in a in a in a elimination? Yeah, it's kind of you know like, like I was saying with the Suns. Like, I can't see anyone who's going to beat. I mean, I'm scared of the Warriors, but like, I think we're all scared of the Warriors. But man, is there a team that can beat the Suns four times in seven games? Not right now. Not unless you know Booker goes down. Exactly. You have to have some injuries, and what that is what Kentucky has is a couple injuries in Ty Ty Washington and right. uh, Jacob Toppin, who just got back up. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. So yeah, in terms of that, my prediction. I know it's early, and we're not even in March yet, but 
I'd like to see Kentucky go to the Final Four. I think they have enough talent to go to the Final Four. Amen. I think I think uh, I think U of A goes to the Final Four. Yeah, I really do. I, it uh, it pains me to say, but I think the Wildcats. I think we got two Wildcats in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And then heating up the pack at the end, I think. Uh, I think I think Baylor makes it back to the Final Four. Really? I think Baylor goes back, and then my fourth team. Man, it's tough, but I think my fourth team. And it depends on you know the regions and stuff and where they all end up. But I like what I see from Auburn too. Okay, so you have uh, probably Baylor getting Gonzaga out. Yep. In the Elite Eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I think Gonzaga's good enough to make it to the Elite Eight. But man, they're. But do they have enough to? And they'll be like maybe Middle Tennessee in the tournament. Sure. You know they go play GCU. I don't. Yeah, some easy matchups like they have. All, all and by the time long. you play GCU, by the time you already beat GCU in Middle Tennessee, you're in the Sweet Sixteen. Right. And I'm sure, and maybe they'll get lucky in another game. They'll play, they'll play like UCLA or something again. And, right. And they'll hit another half court shot. Yeah. But then get knocked out in the Elite Eight. But you're saying like Baylor Gonzaga, that's the uh, that's a championship rematch. Yeah. So that that would be really interesting. And the to Sweet see. Sixteen, yeah, it's yeah, most, maybe the most entertaining Sweet Sixteen game we've ever seen, away yeah, from probably. after when uh, U of A played Wisconsin. Okay. That was entertaining. Yeah. And especially since Wisconsin won. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to see it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you love to see it. Like uh, every time UCF loses, you love to see it. You like seeing Taco Fall lose to Duke that year? I, I think I, I I really did. You did? I really did. I was rooting for Taco. I it's, I think it's easy to root for Taco because it's, it's easy to root against Duke. Yeah, I think <laughs> it, it always is. But you know, like you know, I like Taco's voice in Game of Zones. <laughs> it's always Game of Zones. <laughs> I know. Always Game of Zones. Taco, do you want to fight the realm? Oh, not really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And switching our topics a little bit, Super Bowl Fifty Six is officially a final. We have a new champion, the Los Angeles Rams, hosted up the Lombardi Trophy on Sunday night, beating the Cincinnati Bengals twenty-three to twenty, and taking their second only championship. Man, it was not. It was it was an entertaining game, a good send off for Al Michaels, but for a lot of fans, you know, I think a lot of the country was going for Joe Burrow and the Bengals just because of the the fight and the perseverance, but right. at the end of the day, it just couldn't hold on. Even with the injuries that the Rams had to go through, you know, you lose OBJ in the, the second quarter and then go on and win the Super Bowl. But I think that shows a lot too, and about Sean McVay, you know, and I, you know, I know we don't like to admit it here in Arizona, but his offensive mind and the way he can just comprehend football is really incredible. I mean, I think yeah. it's, the, I think it's the reason they won the Super Bowl. It, he produces a coaching uh, staffs like John Calipari produces NBA players. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Uh, and you can only give the man credit right. for what he's done to the NFL, for the NFL, and for his own team. Yeah, I think, you know, it's the reason, I think it's the reason that Cliff Kingsbury got hired by the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Because if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you were the new offensive mind. <laughs> and, that's, and that was just, and there's nothing wrong with it, but there was that was just the mentality. Right. People want to be where the Rams are. are. And they finally made it, and they gave up a lot for it. You know, gave up first round draft picks and, and your future. You know, for a Super Bowl. And I hope it's worth it. I mean, I hope you enjoy this Super Bowl because, no offense, but it's gonna be it's gonna be slim coming, in a few years when you're, you know, fighting for your draft picks back and they're not giving them to you. I mean, they're right. all in. They're all with the Jets and the Jaguars right now. And so they'll well, be, as if the Jets will ever use those wisely. Yes, but. and we'll. So, Poor Jets fans, if there are any Jets fans out there. Yeah, there's unfortunately some out there. I, it's, I feel like Kings fans, like our friend uh, 
Austin, who's a oh, yeah. Kings fan. It's you know, shocking. God bless him. I mean, <laughs> feels so bad for. But them. I told him. I told him yesterday. I, I shook his hand and said, "Hold on to that jersey." I'm a Suns fan, man. I've been. I know exactly what they're going through, and and we were just in as bad a situation as the Kings are. You know, right? You know, bad off bad GM moves. We trade for big guys for no reason. Yeah. Uh, Sabonis. I don't, you know, <laughs> do you need some? Why, why do you need Sabonis? It's like certainly not just, for two of your shooters. Your just best to, shooters. Just to have them. Probably. That's what the Suns always used to do. That's it's a big comparison. The Suns would just get guys just to have them. We got we got Tyson Chandler. So we could say we had Tyson Chandler. Yeah, he's and, a great and, player, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were like, Tyson Chandler, yeah, the big man. He people, went to the Lakers after all people, that, too. People compared him to, like, Barkley. After we, like, when we <laughs> when we traded for Barkley. People were like, it's not even close. <laughs> it's not. It's not even a fair comparison. Barkley was still in his prime when we came to Phoenix. Said, here's, a good, here's a good poll question, then. Is Tyson Chandler the next Charles Barkley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> The next, <laughs> or was he? <laughs> or was he? Was he the second coming of Charles? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Tyson Chandler, ridiculous. That's a, that's a ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to say, Kenny. And speaking of Charles, I mean, he is, you know, he's coming undone in the TNT realm. He is, yeah. And looking like his time at TNT is coming to an end. He said he's, you know, he said last night, I believe that you know, yeah. once my contract ends. I'm done. I'm out. He's yeah. not re-signing anymore. Man, that should be. I mean, it's gonna be sad to see him go. I like I like Candace Parker on there. I like Draymond would be fun, Draymond. Yeah. I like Dwayne Wade, but yeah. man, you know, seeing Chuck leave that'll be tough. Not just because I'm a Suns fan, but you know, it's it's, it's, funny. it's been that it's been that him and Shaq. You Charles, you dumb. Oh Shaq, don't be a knucklehead. You know, it's like that's just the. <laughs> Why do we keep having these impersonations every single episode? You know, you know once we're we, gonna get in trouble one day. It's uh, well until I until we do, you gotta stop being ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of ridiculous, the Bengals offensive line could not keep their young quarterback in the pocket for very long. Joe Burrow got sacked seven times, tying a Super Bowl record, and you know. The, yeah. the reason that they lost the Super Bowl, straight up, is Joe Burrow couldn't stay on his feet. Nope. We even saw the last play of the game, you know, had pressure, had an open man. It looked like if you see, like, the whole field, they did the, something on the NFL Network where you can see the whole field. And Jamar Chase is running free. Yeah. But this kid is so wrapped up in his own offensive line, being dragged around like a doll by, like, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Is, you know, had no time. He had to fling it somewhere, and then it hits, you know. It's the turf and the Rams are champions. I mean, Jamar's got to be done there somewhere, right? So yeah. Just like, it. oh, what's it, Tyreek or yeah. Hop or yeah. anyone, man? It's mm, yeah, Tyreek's got to be down there somewhere. DeAndre Hopkins got to be down there somewhere. Kyler Murray, <laughs> who has uh, now apologized for his social media scandal. Oh, no. Deleting all but two Instagram posts, which took the NFL world by storm for some reason. Yeah. Now, I think it's, it took a lot of Cardinals fans by storm. Like, oh, no. It's, you know, it's that. But it's that fear of losing Kyler. It's that fear of losing your future. Of, oh, no, have we screwed up too bad? Have we upset him? Is he done? Is he? So we'll really see, you know, obviously what happens. But obviously it's unfortunate for the Bengals to go out that way. But just like the Suns in the finals, young star in Joe Burrow, young team, young talented team, good future. They'll be back. I mean, but it's got to sting. You know, it obviously stings. You know, I still remember the feeling I was eight years old and we lost Super Bowl 43 to the Steelers. You know, and that stung then. So I can only imagine what the what Houday Nation's going through right now. And and as the uh, Rams are actually celebrating 
in Los Angeles today. Yeah. And their Super Bowl uh, celebration party. And uh, big parade. Aaron Donald was flexing his muscles out there. He was. Oh my God. I mean, man, he's jacked. I look, look like The Rock. <laughs> he looked like A Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Sean McVay was. He looked like a whole butte in Arizona. <laughs> this is massive. <laughs> Aaron Donald carved right out of Sedona, man. <laughs> Does Aaron Donald look like an Arizona Butte? Yes or no? I think. I mean, it was A Mountain, Aaron Donald, both A's. I mean, oh, there I mean, you come go. on. Come on. Yep. Yeah, the, the jokes write themselves. Exactly. But, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's just, you know, and, and, and congrats to the Rams. But like I was saying before, you know, is what the Rams gave up worth it? And I think we found it on Sunday. Yeah. It's obvious. I mean, it's, it's got to be worth it. I mean, you're here. Mm-hmm. You got a ring, but like I said, I hope you enjoy that ring. I hope you look at it and hope it's super shiny and give the most diamonds because it's gonna be the the first ring in a long time, you know. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe the last time. ring in a long time, you know. It's gonna going back to back is hard in the NFL. Yeah, I mean only only a few teams have ever done it. I mean, yeah, how often Tom Brady did it, right? Or did he not? Yeah, he did it. Of course, he because did. they did it in the early two thousands. Of course, he did. And I think the the old Dolphins teams used to do it. Don Shula, <laughs> right? But we used to see it. You know, almost saw it with the Seahawks Super Bowl forty nine until they passed on the one yard line and Malcolm Butler, and and then that was that. Actually, out in Glendale at, at then called University of Phoenix Stadium, now called State Farm Stadium, which uh, just got the torch handed to him to host the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. So that should be exciting, and uh, we've had two straight years of home cities. Uh, hosting and then winning the Super Bowl, so why not us? Yeah, Th- that'd be. I mean, yep. I mean, come on, right? They I should mean, just move it to Dallas. That's oh, all I'm yeah. saying that's that was the joke with Roger Goodell. He said, uh, or it was some kind of joke. He said, you know, in, in, in efforts to stop this whole uh, teams hosting their own Super Bowls in their own stadiums, they're going to move every Super Bowl to uh, to Cleveland. Yep, or Dallas, Either or one. Dallas, or or Green Bay, maybe New York. <laughs> go to go to MetLife Stadium again. Yeah, just have it freezing. Just, exactly. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Just frostbite, bad turf, injuries. Exactly. I mean, that's everyone's talking about the turf. The turf is what everyone was talking about, especially after OBJ. Oh yeah. Because he oh, and it came back um, that OBJ does have a torn ACL. Oh um, really? Is yeah. that what happened? Yeah, he was not at the parade today. Because he is now getting a new MRI to see exactly what happened, but it is looking like he tore part of his ACL. You could see on the sidelines just how bummed out he was. He couldn't be out there. And, you know, I really thought that was the thing that was going to take out the Rams. No ABJ, no... You don't have, They don't have that much depth, but they do right. have good game plan, good game calling, and that's the reason they went to the Super Bowl. And their defense. And experience. Yeah. Experience coaching. And, you know, no offense to Zach Taylor, but, you know, I think... He obviously has a far way to go, and and hopefully he'll be back because they're they're a really talented team. So hopefully they get back. And other sports news: Adam Silver, a new interview today on ESPN, talked about uh, a little guy named Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh my God! And the New York vaccine mandate, and said that he really doesn't understand where that vaccine mandate is coming from, which could possibly lead to a new rule in the NBA, mm-hmm. forcing the governor of New York to change something up which could lead to Kyrie Irving playing home games again by the time the playoffs come around. Yeah, it so, could change man. something like for Kyrie. It could change something for the Nets, but right. it's so t- that The Nets have been all over the place this year, and 
I hate giving Kyrie any wiggle room to do anything he wants. Right. <laughs> Out yeah. of all the players in the league, True. I really True. it's uh I, Adam Silver has a fair point. It should be reversed if it's the only state to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh it I mean it hurts Kyrie the most, uh right. sure, but I mean he knows that he's had a year to decide to do this or not. It's, yeah. uh, I mean vaccines, anti-vaccine people, it's back and forth. Everyone's had a year to decide now. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating across the board for anyone. Right. Uh, On whatever side you're on, it is frustrating. It will continue to be frustrating as long as we keep butting heads with each other about it. And I think we do see where really James Harden comes from. I know it's hard to to side with James Harden sometimes. Right. But you got to see where he's, you know, the way I saw the trade, now Ben Simmons, who's Mental health is extremely improved now that he's in, <laughs> in Brooklyn. Yep. I think it's another poll question. How much? Maybe it's a write-in. How much do you think Ben Simmons will give a, give like the little flame thing? Yeah, it was scale of one to ten. How much does it improve? The little like the flame thing, like when you see like concerts. How cool is the concert? You can, like move the flame. Exactly. And it's how like cool, average, how average cool is Ben Simmons right now? <laughs> average answer is like ten flames out of ten. Well, how how much do you sympathize with James Harden? Scale of one to ten. Oh, I'll uh, do that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean sympathize. Uh, I mean, sympathize in Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he came he came here to win. And he said, man, Kyrie sitting now, KD injured. Yeah. Only guy out here, you know, can't play home games. It's like, I didn't sign up for this. What would you do what James Harden did, yes or no? That's a good one. Ah, <sighs> oh, that's tough. That You know, do you, I mean, a lot of people, you know, he's considered a snake now in Brooklyn. Well, trying to force his way out. It's nothing new for Kevin, so. There you go. <laughs> he's used to it. He's used to it, huh? Kevin knows how that feels. I said, Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cook their meat on the flames of your burning jersey, Kevin. Kyrie knows how that feels. Yeah, he's I mean, done it a couple times. Now. I mean, everyone on that team knows how it feels, but yeah, but yeah, it, it's hard to say. But you definitely, I understand where he comes from. But you know, another thing that might be brought up in this whole this whole thing with Adam Silver is that he mentioned the midseason tournament again. Wow, is the opportunity or possibly the expansion. Of a midseason tournament, and then speaking of expansion, expansion of the NBA. I would love to see that. <laughs> I would love to, you know, because I think the if we do expand the NBA, we know where it's going first. Seattle. Seattle has to go to Seattle. Bring back the Sonics. Yep. Or just move the OKC over there, and then add expansion. <laughs> and then an expansion team <laughs> into Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, hopefully, you know, because Oklahoma deserves a team. They have a good basketball environment right. there, so they don't. They not, the fan base. There. They don't not deserve a team, but exactly. man, Seattle really wants a team. And I yeah. think it's I think it's still unfair that they took their they got their you know obviously that situation in Seattle was really messed up and yeah, what it's happened so there sad like yeah. every time you think about it as a someone who looked at Seattle in the past like you know the Gary Payton history yeah. just leaves yeah and if you if you guys don't know what happened with Seattle uh, Seattle the owner the former owner of the SuperSonics sold the SuperSonics mm. to a to uh, guys who owned a real estate firm. But uh, they had some new opportunities out in Oklahoma. And so what happens? They talk to these guys, and now the Supersonics are the Thunder. And, you know, that's why those guys are still hated universally in Seattle and, you know, everywhere but Oklahoma, really. Yeah. But they actually left the Thunder. But, uh, yeah, it's just, but, you know, I, it's good for the NBA, you know. People expand for, for many different reasons, I think, you know. It wouldn't be a bad idea for the NBA. I know we have kind of a set. We know who the teams of the NBA are. We have like a set mindset of exactly who is in the NBA and who isn't in the NBA. 
Mm. But man, I still see the Sonics as, as a team. And I, and I say it to people all the time, I think it's funny that Sacramento has a team, but Seattle doesn't. Yeah, that's no, I agree with that's that. That's no offense to Sacramento. No, but, it is. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a, it's a, I know it's the, 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 the capital of California. Yeah. But. Oakland's right next door. To the, I mean, San Francisco, Oakland, whatever, it's right next door. Like, yeah. a good, maybe an hour drive, but. You know, I, come I, on. I don't know. Maybe bring Austin on here and see what he thinks. And oh, okay. Sacktown. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's just, you know, and. I don't know, Sacramento, maybe they have a good basketball fan base. I, I don't know, but you know who has a better, you know who has a better basketball fan base? Who? Seattle. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they already have the WNBA. You know, you see how well the Seattle Storm does out there. Right. Just imagine if they got the, the Sonics back. Exactly. And But if you add one, I think only mathematically you have to add another one. And that's the debate of where is this other team going. Yeah. And I have hope, an number. Yeah, and I hope that's Las Vegas. Yeah, because Vegas is a you know is Vegas. And they already have, have the Raiders, so we get have, an NBA team in there. And we've all talked about you know how much Vegas is expanding and what Vegas can turn into. And it looks like Vegas is possibly on its way to getting the major league team. Mm-hmm. The Oakland the Oakland Athletics have been in serious conversations with the city of Henderson, Nevada, which is about thirty minutes outside of the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, it's a small little town, but it has a lot of room and a lot of free space that people in Las Vegas don't mind going to. It scared a lot of D-backs fans because. President CEO Derek Hall was in talks with Henderson, Nevada, about a possible relocation of the Diamondbacks. And that scared us. Said, don't, please don't move the D-backs, no. I saw your eyes widen at your own comment there. Yeah, it's like, it's just, it, just, it, brought, it brought back so many memories. It's, it's a, hold the door, hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Okafor. Okafor, that's Okafor, my name. Okafor, yes. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I hope Vegas gets another shot. You know, they've, they've shown that it can work out there. They've shown it with the Golden Knights. They've shown it with uh, the Raiders now, their big fan base, the new Death Star Stadium out there right off the strip. And I think, uh, you know, T-Mobile Arena, where the Knights play, could definitely fit an NBA team. Well, Vegas is ready. I mean, they have a spot. Yeah, Uh, It doesn't matter where they go. NBA team can slide in wherever. It's Vegas. They got a spot at a casino, probably. And I know it's a tourist tourist city, but, you know, there's a lot of locals there Mm -hmm. that we don't see. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff outside the Strip, and I think getting another team and bringing more publicity and commercializing to Las Vegas, making it more of a, not the gambling capital of America, but, you know, gambling sports capital of America. Now, exactly. you know, bring, maybe possibly have all four major sports here 10 years in the future. Oh, they'd love that. Oh, it just, it'd be perfect for the leagues. I mean, Vegas has the big, you know, maybe the biggest market. You'd have Arizona mm-hmm. with four major teams, Las Vegas with four major teams, and LA with four major teams. All right next to each other. That's like right. that's like four new rivalries. It's like, I mean, the Coyotes and the Knights are already consider themselves rivals. <laughs> well, there not, you go. Not only because they're not only their fans are kind of annoying, but that would be a good rival for the Suns. Finally, they don't have a good right. You know, you know, this is the team that we want to face every year. I think the Bucks are becoming that, but right. I mean, that's more that's new. That's more. Really that's more revenge. Yeah, the Clippers is more of a revenge yeah. uh, against the you know Pat Bev. Pat Bev, but now he's not on it, and so yeah, so it's back and forth. Beating the Clippers. the Clippers now is, and then beating the Lakers almost seems kind of unfair. Yeah, at yeah, this point, it's like if the Lakers were. I mean, as a you know, I know you're the Anthony Davis guy in the Lakers, but if yeah. they were better, maybe it'd feel more like a. And you know, now I know how like Lakers felt when when Suns considered you know as Suns fans, you know, we always consider the Lakers a, our biggest rival, but then you know you got to be competitive to be a rival. 
Exactly. So now, now I kind of know what it feels like. Oh, this is <laughs> this is how it feels. This to is be what better. you got to talk about. Right. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Adam Silver expands the NBA, and by the next time we have our next episode, maybe he will. Maybe. We in weeks coming, maybe Vet Las Vegas will have a team, but you'll have to find out on episode six of the Valley Variety. Next episode, will Las Vegas have a team? I guess we'll find out next week. I'm Jacob Jones. And I'm Ben Yates, and I'm sure that Seattle probably will not. Oh, it's, uh, <laughs> sorry, Songs. <laughs>